Hey, you're listening to Just Say the Word. I'm your host, Erin Sanchez, and this is a storytelling podcast. In every episode, you'll hear a story from me or my guests from around the world. Then we'll encapsulate a key lesson from that story in just one word you can apply in your own life or business. If you're an entrepreneur looking to get inspired and make your mark on the world, you're in the right place. Your story is your legacy, and I want to help you tell it better. Visit candidlyerin.com for more writing, communications, and personal branding advice. If you really look closely, a lot of overnight successes took a long time. I love this quote from Steve Jobs because it's so absolutely true, and it's something I wish I had realized when I first got started in business. In fact, this was the case for my very own business, and people who are just getting started on their entrepreneurial journey always seem to ask me some variation of the same basic question. What was the one thing that made your business successful? And a follow-up to that question is often, how long did it take you to start making enough money? Confession time, I asked these same questions when I was getting started. The problem is, these questions can't really be answered simply. There's usually not just one thing, and the timeline to success is often messy. Besides that, there's so much variation between entrepreneurs and from business to business that you should never use someone else's timeline or process to formulate your own, nor should you gauge your own success against the success of others. Now, I've told you the real story, the -the behind-the-scenes story of my business journey before. It's messy, and even though it looked like a brave leap from the outside, maybe, it was anything but. You can listen to my earlier episode titled Procrastination for more details, but we're going to revisit some of it today. As I tell today's story, though, please keep in mind what I just said about forming your own processes, keeping your eyes on your own path, and pursuing success on terms that make the most sense to you. My reason for sharing this story isn't to discourage anyone or to give you a roadmap to compare against. Instead, I want to highlight how much might be happening behind the scenes of a business, what might have taken place before the successes you see today, and help you identify some of the problems I faced early on so that hopefully you can avoid those on your own journey. The most challenging part of telling this story is figuring out where to start. As I've mentioned in my very first episode, As I started learning about all the different careers that were possible to me in this world, I couldn't just choose one. When I imagined I was working in a particular field, for example, real estate or food service, I always pretended that I was the owner. I made business logos and I put together brochures. I created flyers and I designed the menu for my pretend restaurant. So this desire to do my own thing started really, really early. But as time went on and I went to college, I started internalizing those messages from the quote-unquote voices of reason in my life. You know, teachers, advisors, coworkers, and family members. Being a creative, being an artist or an entrepreneur, those were pipe dreams, or so I was told. I decided to just study marketing and communications and set my sights on a realistic job, like working at an advertising agency. In the back of my head, I think I knew I still wanted to do my own thing, but I didn't have a ton of exposure to the world of business to know what it looked like or know how to map it out. At different points in time, my dad had owned a mechanic shop, but 
he wasn't all that suited for the business side of things. So my understanding of what made a successful business tick was really lacking. And not only that, but through observing a struggling small business in an economically depressed rural town, I grew up with the preconceived notion that businesses are really hard to keep afloat. Anyway, I worked during high school and for a year before I went to college. Then I worked through my first two years at a community college, and I took more time off to save money before enrolling in a four-year university, where, surprise, I worked some more. I held jobs in food service, like waitressing and catering, and I did a lot of customer service jobs, like call centers and front desk work. I also did some sales cold calling, but that didn't last long. Side note, if you think you need to do cold calling to make your business a success, trust me, you don't. I'm basically allergic to it, and I don't do any cold calling. By the time I graduated from the University of Washington with my bachelor's degree, I was so ready for my big, badass marketing job. I applied to tons of agencies, of which there are many in the Seattle area, and while I did have some interviews, nobody really wanted to give a fresh college grad with very little hands-on marketing experience a shot. I nearly landed one gig at a very cool agency, but they really wanted me as an admin person with the opportunity to learn and grow. Even though I would have been willing to do that, I think they could sense that I really wanted to sink my teeth into marketing right away. So perhaps I wouldn't be all that happy as a paper pusher. This was actually really smart of them because the last thing you wanna do is hire someone whose strengths and passions lie way outside the job you're hiring them for. Otherwise, they're not going to stick around. After applying to more than 50 jobs, I finally landed one. It was on the 15th floor of a tall, shiny building in ritzy downtown Bellevue, Washington, and it was only 10 minutes from my apartment. Score! I thought I'd finally made the big time. After all, I went through three rounds of interviews proving my marketing know-how, my smarts, and my creativity. It wasn't long after I was hired that I realized I was hired to be a glorified receptionist. Now, there's nothing wrong with being a receptionist, but I'd already done that, and here I had invested in college to do something different, to do something I love. The guys who worked in this office were nice, I'm not here to badmouth them, but I was not feeling it when they commented about how strong the coffee was or wasn't that day. When I was asked to make and bring treats for a birthday, or clean the fishbowl, or water the plants, or when I was reminded that the dishwasher needed to be run on Fridays. On top of the fact that I had acquired student loans to do many of the same things I'd been doing years before I even had a college education, I wasn't being paid all that well to begin with. In fact, I was living paycheck to paycheck. This was not what I was hoping for in the least, but more importantly, I was qualified and driven to do so much more. I don't want to get into the notion of paying your dues, because that's a conversation for another time. And truth be told, I had already put in a lot of work. I had more professional experience under my belt than many new grads when I took that job, and they knew it. Basically, it was a bad decision all around. Knowing what I wanted and what experience I had, they should have never hired me in the first place. And I should have never taken the job given the salary I was offered. I probably should have asked more questions during the interview process as well, but hey, as a new college grad who'd been waitressing for the past three years, 
I was pretty excited to receive an offer in a field that I had had my sights set on. Live and learn, I guess. Again, I know I've talked about this workplace and this situation on another episode, but my purpose for bringing it up here is a bit different. Before, I shared my advice for overcoming procrastination, but today I'm illustrating how things aren't always as they seem. So you may remember that this experience really kicked off my desire to do my own thing. During my job search to get out of that job and into another, I was starting to realize that nobody was going to employ me at the level I knew I was capable of. So I started doing a lot of online research around starting a business. I was digging into forums about copywriting and freelancing, this was back in 2010, and I was recalling stories from professors and guest lecturers who'd run their own PR and marketing agencies. Those stories from professionals who'd made it on their own, who'd carved out a great income for themselves, gave me a rush like nothing else. I would spend hours reading how-to blog posts and digging up success stories and daydreaming about working from home on my terms. The problem? I spent a lot of time reading and researching and dreaming and not nearly enough time taking action. I've long known that I'm an over-researcher. I'm prone to collect knowledge eternally and procrastinate indefinitely. Just recently, and since I first shared this story, I took the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment. While my top five strengths were initially quite a surprise, the more I learned about each one of them, the more sense they made. For example, my number one strength is futuristic. Big surprise. I'm a visionary. I'm always thinking ahead and mapping out where I can go next. I've always known this about myself. Being present is something I work really hard at. My number two strength is input. This means I have a need to collect an archive. I like to accumulate information, ideas, artifacts, and, says my report, even relationships. But this makes so much sense. Because of this, I need to be careful not to overload my brain because that leads to overwhelm, which leads to inaction. This is where I prepare to prepare to prepare and never really take flight because I'm stuck in the information gathering stage. So knowing I'm prone to this because of my input strength helps me identify it and nip it in the bud. I could go on forever about my Clifton Strengths Finder report, but instead, I'll insist that you go check it out for yourself and take the assessment. It can be really eye-opening and help you learn how to leverage your strengths, combat your weaknesses, find opportunities, and avoid potential pitfalls. Okay, so back to my story. While in that glorified receptionist role, I was looking for other jobs and preparing to start freelancing at the same time. I was desperate to get out no matter what it took. I finally found an opportunity on Craigslist. That's where everybody was job searching back in 2010, and I applied. Come to find out, it was a contract role. They needed a consultant. I was super excited, and I applied, I interviewed, I kicked ass, and I got the gig. And that gig changed my life. While I wasn't completely independent yet, I was working through an agency, I did work from home, and in many ways I could work whenever and wherever I wanted. After that, I made several transitions from graduate school to teaching and tutoring to managing a fitness studio, and eventually back to the cubicle. 
Through it all, I was still trying to figure out how to be even more independent, have my work valued even more, and really make a name for myself. The reason I'm telling you all this again is because I want to highlight that while my desire to start freelancing in earnest began way back in 2010, I didn't really make the leap out of the traditional 9 to 5 for four more years. Not really. It wasn't until November of 2014 that I left my job to do consulting and freelance work for good. And it wasn't until December of 2016, two years after that, that I started shifting toward a more passive income model, which is my ultimate goal. And I still have a lot of work ahead of me. I'm still on the journey. And nowadays, I'm aware that we'll always be on the journey in some form or another. Procrastination is partly to blame for how long it took me to make things happen, sure. But it's partly just the way it is. The journey takes time. That's why it's called a journey. We have to get messy and test things and even fail before we can succeed. The blog, the podcast, the growing community, everything you see today took a long time, just as Steve Jobs said. But most people don't see the before. They didn't see all of those years of trial and error, all those pivots, all those website rewrites, and there were many. Overnight success is an illusion, plain and simple. Illusion is defined by the Merriam-Webster Dictionary as a misleading image, something that deceives or misleads intellectually. And unfortunately, a lot of online business personalities play on that illusion to convince you that they have the answer to instant success. Take my proven blueprint and just add water. This isn't ramen soup, guys. Sorry, it doesn't work that way. And these illusions are helped along by rented Lamborghinis and carefully cropped images that don't let you see the real mess going on behind the scenes. Everyone who's creating an online brand is guilty of this to some degree. Of that, I am convinced. Of course, we take selfies from our good side. Of course, we highlight the moments of peaceful journaling with coffee in hand. Of course, we use a ring light to make our complexions look flawless. And of course, we squeeze as much content as we can out of those beautiful vacation pics. But I promise you, we're all over here doing loads of laundry between tasks, eating microwave meals when we're short on time, and sitting in dog hair covered sweatpants among disheveled piles of paper looking for that document we know was right here, damn it. I live a very privileged life, it's true. And I'm grateful for all the wonderful things I do have. But don't be fooled by the illusion. I try to highlight the messy moments from time to time. I share the humorous blunders and mishaps as often as possible because I don't want to sell an illusion. And as I record this, just know that I haven't showered yet. My hair is definitely in a messy bun and that I'm staring at a stack of mail that I desperately need to sort through but will probably put off for another day or five. I know you've heard part of this story before, but I hope today you gain something new from it. I hope, if nothing else, it serves as a reminder that we could all use now and again to look beyond the surface, to not let the glitter and glam distract us from what we know to be true, to stop comparing, and to be hyper aware of the many illusions that exist in the online business world today. Because when you look really closely, 
a lot of overnight successes took a long time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe and tell your friends. If you want to learn better branding and communication skills or more about this podcast, please visit www.candidlyerin.com or justsaytheword.podcast.com. You can also find me everywhere on social media at candidlyerin and make sure to use the hashtag justsaytheword in your social media posts so I can see your stories of resilience, transformation, and lessons learned because your story matters. Remember, your story is your legacy. Everybody has a story and the world should hear yours.